Hey folks, thanks for coming back to another episode of the My Technicians podcast. This episode, we speak with Vijay Viswanathan, a product managing marketer for cybersecurity services at Marius Detection and Response Company Open Systems. Vijay and I talk about the rising threat of supply chain attacks and what organizations can do to help prevent these attacks, including collaborating with other teams to drive security awareness, investing in the right tools, and some low effort security practices that should be adopted. Before we get to the interview, here's a quick reminder to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, and Spotify to hear weekly interviews with IT experts that can help you make the right decisions for your organization. And now, here's Vijay. All right, so uh, Vijay, so we're talking about um, something that I think the IT community as a whole has talked about for the last... uh, Almost um, what two years now since SolarWinds happened. Yeah. Um, so supply chain attacks, and that's something that we're going to continue to see for a while, um, and probably you know more so going forward. So, um, you know, what, what's holding us back from, you know, preventing these these supply chain attacks and you know operationalizing security? Yeah. Um, you know, I think there there's a range of challenges that that companies are facing. Um, if you look at kind of like the, the actual security operation challenges. There's uh, things like uh, like an acute talent shortage in cybersecurity. There's something like three million plus open jobs. So it's uh, it's just incredibly difficult yeah. to hire and then retain uh, staff. Um, another thing is uh, there's there's really this this um, current process where teams are working in silos um, and to operationalize security, you really need to collaborate effectively uh, with teams beyond security. So teams like IT uh, and executives. Um, uh, Another thing I can think of is, uh, you know, SecOp teams really uh, often lack environmental context. So, uh, you know, just having an IP address by itself uh, doesn't tell security analysts much. You know, they need to understand. Okay, what 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 device is this? Uh, what critical business processes does it connect to? Uh, so really, having all that rich color um, uh, around uh, an alert uh, is what helps them do their job. Um, mm. And then just one final point in in terms of security controls. Um, there's just way too much complexity uh, right now. You know, the average enterprise has something like. 45 uh, different security products deployed um, and that's very difficult to operationalize right yeah i was at um rsa for the first time um what uh, two months ago now and um i was blown away at the pure amount of cybersecurity companies there are and a lot of them are just saying the same thing i heard a lot of the same uh, sales pitch over and over yeah um funny that you yeah, so i think so so how do you kind of uh you know, wade through, you know, a lot of that nonsense and, and you know, find tools that, um, you know, are unique and kind of on, on the cutting edge and are actually helping you, um, you know, secure against these, uh, you know, emerging threats. Yeah, I, I think kind of like the, the, the guiding principle there has to be uh, simplification. Um, so rather than trying to, uh, trying to plug individual gaps with, with you know, best of breed tools, really, uh, we as defenders need to think about the challenge holistically. Um, so, uh, because the, the the thing is, complexity itself directly increases risk. Uh, you know, there was a stat recently: ninety um, percent of breaches involved some kind of misconfiguration. So, when you have when you have 
too many security products, uh, it's just uh, it's just very hard to operate. So, right. so I think uh, the guiding principle has to be uh, moving from complexity to simplification. So you kind of uh, touched on this uh, uh, before, but um, what other themes uh, you know the, the, do the cybersecurity need to collaborate with you know, to drive the successful security outcomes that we're all looking for? Yeah, yeah. So I think. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, a, a, a key stakeholder is IT. Uh, you know, security. The security team comes up with many policies, but oftentimes it requires close, close collaboration with uh, the IT team to actually implement that. Uh, mm -hmm. So, an example is like, you know, it's not just identifying vulnerabilities. Uh, IT actually has to go and patch those vulnerabilities, uh, and the collaboration aspect is really, you know, making sure they know what's most critical and like, you know, not just tossing over a list of vulnerabilities, but really kind of uh, giving them actionable information. Uh, and then understanding that, you know, IT is a well-established function in organizations. So uh, working to actually integrate into their workflows, um, I think that that goes a long way. Uh, and then another team that comes to mind is, you know, the executive team. Uh, mm. They need to see value in the security program uh, in order to, to buy into it. And they're going to see value when uh, they understand how um, you know how their investments uh, is advancing the overall security program. So it can't just be like, okay, we haven't had a breach. Looks like everything is okay. It's things like risk metrics and coverage metrics that show that even when nothing seems to be happening, you know, the the organization is in a in a better position overall. Right. What about what about HR? Why, why not um, you know bake some of these you know um, kind of you know end user you know security best practices into in an employee uh, handbook that you know you have to you know look over review and sign once a year? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, I think that's part of the holistic approach, realizing that you know uh, people, end users, employees are are a critical aspect of critical line of defense as well. Um, so having those kinds of awareness trainings. Um, can can help mitigate against what you know one of the most common initial attack vectors of phishing. Right. Um, so looking back at you know, not just solo wins, but there's also um, you know Caseo is another supply chain attack and, and you know uh, Log4j obviously. So what are some key security takeaways we can take from some of these you know bigger you know supply chain security uh, stories and um, you know what can you know, customers of those tools do to make sure that they're they're not, you know, deploying, um, you know, a, a already compromised solution. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, these supply chain attacks are are big and scary. Um, and uh, you know, in the case of SolarWinds, was incredibly sophisticated, right? It was legitimate software uh, with a legitimately signed update. You know, so you know, like a typical prevention measure checking the cryptographic signature, it passes that, right? And uh, the, the threat actor happened to be incredibly sophisticated where they were able to ev evade, uh, you know, the code review measures, uh, manual and automatic code review measures. So uh, I think I think a takeaway there is that like, organizations need um, layered defense. Uh, they need continuous assessment, prevention, detection, and response measures. Um, so it's, you know, there, there are always going to be many initial attack vectors. Supply chain is uh, is a prominent one now, but I think rather than just focusing on, 
on specific attack vectors, I think what really drives uh, security forward is good hygiene, uh, best practices. Mm. Uh, you know, even to, like, you know, it's often cited, but still very valuable enabling MFA. I mean, the interesting thing with SolarWinds is like, it was such a sophisticated attack and attacker. Ultimately, it was detected by FireEye when, um, you know, the, the threat actor was trying to bypass FireEye's MFA system. Mm. Right, right. Um, so how much of how much of security operations can be and, and should be automated with machine machine learning models? You know, why not? Um, I think I think automation is also kind of a solution to to this um, you know lack of talent and, and burnout that we're seeing in in security. Um, now, is that you know is that the, you know the the main answer there? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, really the sweet spot is a combination of, of machine learning and expert human analysis. Um, undoubtedly, you need machine learning to uh, to to execute security operations at the scale that it needs to be executed uh, in today. Um, but you know, I think really my point of view, our point of view here is that. Um, where you're going to get the most bang for your buck with machine learning is um, more than more than using it for threat detection, where it has it has a role to play, but really uh, using machine learning to understand your environment. Right, machine learning is very good uh, when it's it, it's working within known boundaries. So um, I think that's really where it's been underapplied uh, and has a lot of potential. Um, mm. But but I think. Uh, it has a role to play. We're not at the we're not at a stage where you know we can just switch it to auto, autopilot and have machine learning models uh, run run security operations. Right. Um, so you mentioned um, you know MFA as a way to really combat um, you know some of the more uh, more common um, attacks that we're seeing you know that come from you know phishing emails and whatnot. Um, so what are other um, high impact I mean, a low effort security practice that that you know organizations can can integrate into their security program. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think everything takes some level of effort, but I think some of the really high impact things are um, ensuring broad visibility uh, across your environment. Uh, so you know, today companies have such uh, such a diverse digital uh, estate, uh, so they need to make sure that they have visibility, not just across endpoints, uh, you know, and you'll see a lot of managed providers is focused exclusively on endpoints. Endpoints uh, are a critical domain, but also identity, also network, also cloud. Mm. Uh, and then more specifically, you know, it's not just enough to deploy uh, an EDR solution, but then you have to keep up and understand uh, what uh, what's your coverage percentage, right? What percent of your devices actually have the EDR agent uh, running? So. Uh, I would say that that's really a high high impact uh, uh, practice that infosec team should be taking. Mm. Um, so how how does assessment and prevention fit into operationalizing security? Yeah, um, so assessment and prevention, I think, is a is a very important side of the coin. So you know, there's a lot of focus on detection and response, um, but really where companies can most effectively operationalize security is if they have a life cycle of uh, assess, prevent, detect, and respond. So, you know, 
when when a uh, when a threat is detected when uh, when a response is deployed then using the learnings from that uh, to feed future prevention measures um, and assessment really goes to understanding the environment right like some of those questions i uh, i mentioned before like uh, how does a particular asset tie to our business operations so, you know what 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 are our crown jewels what what's really critical um, which systems might be exposed to the internet so so that really it's it's critical for the person who's in the security operations center to have these this information in their fingertips right that that helps them take more informed decisions and uh, you get better response when you have better assessment mm. So what do you think, um, you know, we're you know, going to see in, you know, the foreseeable future uh, in terms of supply chain attacks? Because there was, um, you know, SolarWinds, Log4j, um, Kaseya, but really since Log4j, really haven't, you know, at least haven't heard of, of, of any other, other big ones. Um, so do you think just, you know, vendors are just doing a better job of securing their, their build infrastructure? Um, or, you know, what are we seeing there? There's definitely more um, uh, emphasis on it, I would say. Yeah, yeah I, I think, you know, SolarWinds was unfortunately kind of a, a landmark uh, attack and event and right. that really, um, uh, I think, brought a lot of focus to the area. Um, the other thing is also, like, it might just be that we don't know about it yet, right? Like, solar winds was sure. happening for nine months and no right. idea. So, uh -huh. I, I'd like I'd like to hope that it was it's the former that you know we've we've learned the lessons and uh, are are kind of like you know putting uh, applying the the takeaways from that. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a, as a security guy, is it, is it helpful to see? You know, a lot of this news making you know ma major headlines, and and you know for you know non-tech savvy, non-security people, you know, reading it and it's becoming more aware. Is that you think that's helping? Yeah, I think it, it is helping drive awareness, and I think uh, you know leaders and boards and organizations are realizing you know security really ties back to the business, right? And it's a it's a business imperative. Uh, mm. So I think uh, you know we really see that uh, awareness helping. Great, very good. Uh, Vijay, I think that's uh, all the questions I had, unless there's anything else that you know you wanted to tell your audience about uh, you know, supply chain security. Great, thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. Very good. All right, thanks very much.